What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. And you can subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee right now and save 20% on every single order of the delicious, smooth CBD-infused coffee. Of course, Strava not only gets you that caffeine punch you need, but you also get the benefits of CBD, which helps ease any pains, migraines, headaches. It helps anything with that, including the coffee jitters CBD helps with. So Strava Craft Coffee is a perfect two-in-one punch. And we have a perfect two-in-one punch for you as well. If you use the magical code DNBR20, you'll get 20% off Strava Craft Coffee on your first order. And if you've already used that code and want to subscribe, well then, you'll receive 20% off every single time you order. And you can get your coffee delivered to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR20. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this Thursday edition. We are in football season. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Some of our own staff members at DNBR are taking MSU Denver classes right now, and they absolutely love it. They say that it really is bringing the real world into the classroom and it's designed to fit your schedule. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all the 40 plus online and hybrid programs they offer plus 750 classes. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's up? How you doing on this terrific Thursday? Uh, it's a terrific Thursday, but I didn't get as much sleep as I needed to. I'm really tired right now. So <laughs> if I sound a little bit lethargic today, I apologize, but I'm on very little sleep at this point. So maybe I'll lead to some loopy thoughts over the next hour or so. Who knows? Good. We love Mace's loopy thoughts. And boy, yeah, this has really been a week of no sleep, hasn't it? Yeah, because unfortunately, the older you get the harder it is to bounce back from night games. And then when a couple of days later, you've got a very early appointment that you have to take care of for your dog getting to the vet, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what time it is anymore. And then in a couple of days, I'm going to be on a plane to Pittsburgh. So I'm going <laughs> to 
go forward a couple hours. I'm not going to know what the heck is going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking, maybe being sleep deprived and making poor decisions, Mace, we uh, talked to Vic Fangio yesterday and I asked him the question that we all had on our mind. I asked him, will he stick with the same game clock management that he has at the end of the game, which of course we know is just, it's a bunch of coaches giving him input, but it's really just him making the calls. Uh, even when he's calling defense and he said it'll be the same and so I said why are you keeping it the same and he said that was the first time that's happened hopefully it's an anomaly and we'll be better at it what'd you think Mace okay well I'm just I'm just thinking this to myself in general let's say you have something in life let's say you have a you have a plan for going to the grocery store and you always get what you need every week. They don't ever run out of stuff. You're good. But then one time you go and because you start by going to the produce section and end with going to the frozen food section, they don't have the kind of ice cream you like. Do you change your plan to make sure that they, that you get the ice cream you want and go for that first? Or do you stick with what you've always done? (laughs) uh i'm making sure i have ice cream okay all right and i think it would be typical after something goes askew from your initial plan if there's a a way to make things more efficient a way to do things a little bit better that you'd you'd think about it and i'm disappointed in vic fangio's answer to be honest with you and i'm disappointed because I think something is going on here that, and we saw a flaw in the system revealed. If you've got this as a collective where, okay, if you're, if you're, if you're not responsible for something on the field at that moment, you're handling clock. So offense on the field, defense is focused. Defensive coaches are taking a look at that. Defense is on the field. Offensive coaches are taking a look at that. Well, it's very, hazy who has responsibility here yeah this is why it's better to have one person last year it was mitch tanny you know one person and this is their focus because you go to a replay from monday night and you can see and there's somebody waving in the in the background as Vic bangio is on the sideline i don't want to assume what that person is waving about i couldn't even see who it was because the angle is cut off the camera's cut off so you can't quite see but it needs to be clear that somebody on that sideline is in charge of game management and monitoring these things who can clearly say to vic hey might want to take a time out here (laughs) because when you all you're doing by having the responsibility be hazy i mean think about like how everything else in terms of coaching it's set like who's responsible for that like from position you know each position coach has a certain responsibility the quality control coaches are charting certain specific things and they have a specific responsibility why is this being left to something hazy and vague it's too important i i don't get it 
Yeah, it is too important. And it could have potentially cost the Broncos a game. And Mace, what I come back to, uh, although your grocery store ice cream, I love thinking of ice cream. What I come back to, though, is just straight football. Mace, what happens when a player makes a mistake, uh, especially a young player? And Vic isn't young, but he's a young head coach. Uh, what, what happens when a young player makes a mistake? A coach says, uh, we know that players are going to make mistakes. We don't want it to happen again. So we coach them to change things, change the way they're doing it. In fact, Jerry Judy had two drops on Monday night. And yesterday we talked to him uh, and he was berated with questions about his drops. And what it came down to was he's going to put in extra time to make sure that that doesn't happen, catch extra passes. And he said, uh, I'm going to make sure that this helps me drop fewer passes in the future for this season. Great. He's working on his mistakes. He's making sure it doesn't happen again. So then I just fairly because that's what the coaches expect out of the players I bring that expectation level up to the coaches and I would do it I'd bring it up to the general manager and I'd bring it up to the owner I, I would I, you should have that same expectation across uh, every single level uh, of your organization and so for Vic Fangio I would say okay you, you made a mistake uh, it was a costly mistake who knows if it cost the Broncos a game it very well could have but now let's not make it again so uh, what are we doing? Uh, are we bringing Mitch Tanny in? Are we bringing in a guy like Mitch Tanny? Are we at least making the levels more clear of instead of it just being, oh, yeah, I get, you know, a bunch of coaches or, you know, help me out with this. It is no. Okay, now it's the offensive coordinator telling me when to take a timeout when the defense is on the field. And I can call timeouts when the offense is on the field because that's my sole job. And he's not doing any of that. So to me, Mace, that's that's not good. It's not good because if it costs them another game, I don't think they can overcome two coaching failures in a season. Well, it's funny you mentioned that Jerry Judy is going to work on things, do things a little bit different after one bad game that if you look at his body of work at Alabama and even in practices that we watched, it's probably an aberration, but he's making some changes to make sure that two drops in one game doesn't happen again at any point in the near future. So how do you think this is going to play in the locker room? Because you can, you know, it's one thing to lose straight up and you're, you're frustrated by that, but to, to mismanage your way out of a cha a potential chance at a comeback. I'm not saying the Broncos would have necessarily won, but they mismanaged their way out of an opportunity to come back. This is something that is completely in your control. A lot of things in a football game aren't in your control, obviously. Right. But this is. So how is this going to go over in the locker room? That's what I wonder. Well, how's it going to go over in the locker room if this leads to another mistake, Mace? Then, then I think there's legitimate questions because I think the players think the same thing. You know, they're giving Jerry Judy a write-off for his first game. He's going to go work harder. It was a, a one-time mistake as of right now. Drew Locke has all the confidence in the world in him. In fact, Drew Locke was very defensive. Uh, and had Jerry Judy's back and was right. getting a little fiery yesterday, which I absolutely love. Mace, if Jerry Judy goes out and has multiple drops uh, in, you know, more games this year, well, I do think Drew Locke's going to lose confidence in him, despite him being a first-round pick, despite him being Jerry Judy, despite him having great routes. 
if you keep doing the same mistake, you're going to lose confidence in the guy, no matter how much you like him. And it's harder to keep that high confidence when it happens over and over and over again. So I think that would be the exact same thing with Vic Fangio. And don't forget with Drew Locke in particular, he's got Cortland Sutton working his way back and he has no offense. There are already two guys that are out there running routes on almost every play in whom Drew Locke has clearly has a lot of confidence. Yeah. So if, if he loses confidence in Jerry Judy, Jerry's probably not seeing the ball. <laughs> right. Not, not very often. Not very often. So that's a, that, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And the other thing, I mean, I don't want to go to the extreme that some people are regarding Vic, Vic and saying, okay, we're not going to change anything. But you remember a couple of years ago with Vance Joseph in the Houston game where they had game mismanagement at the end of the first half and then in, term, in terms of giving Houston a field goal opportunity that they never should have had. And then game mis- mismanagement at the end of the second half, settling for a 50-yard field goal when everything says keep going. Yep. And then when you fast forward to the Cleveland game in week 15 that year, more game mismanagement in having Case Keenum spike the ball with 52 mm-hmm. seconds left and the Broncos already at midfield. Yeah. So we hit – We I think justifiably all of us covering the team at the time hit Vance Joseph pretty hard. Even I did working for the team uh, when we were on the radio, kind of pointed out, okay, these are the opportunities that were lost. I mean, I didn't say he, he should be fired for it, but I, I, I mentioned the, the, the inefficiency in game management at the time. So if this happens again, if there's another ma- game management mistake, and it doesn't have to be regarding timeouts. It can be regarding use of the clock at the end of the first half, at the end of the game, that sort of thing. If there's another major game management mistake, is Vic Fangio going to hear it as hard as Vance Joseph did? Yeah. Frankly, yeah. he probably should if we're going to have consistent standards here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Mason. And people are already starting to say that. And if it happens again, and this isn't his rookie season again as a head coach, you know, this is year right. number two. He's still a young head coach, but yeah, I mean, he, he is experienced, May. So I think it's, that's also fair to point out. He was supposed to have this, this game management background working with Harbaugh and San right. Francisco as well. So uh, while I am giving him the benefit of the doubt of being a young head coach, there are other things that can, can, can push that back. Uh, and Mace, I just really don't like the way he said it too. He said that was the first time that's happened. Hopefully it's an anomaly and we'll be better at it. I just, you know, I understand if he's not going to bring in an outside person for week two. I totally get that. You don't want to mess anything. You don't want to change anything drastic. And Vic's a guy that, you know, has done this a long time. He probably doesn't want any major changes in a, you know, six day turnaround before the next game. But if he just would have thrown a bone and said, um, you know, I'm not going to change anything, but we do have uh, a more set structure in place on who's talking to me. You know, it, it, as much as I want it to be one guy telling him, if he would have at least said, uh, now we have the system, we've talked about it. That's what we did on Tuesday. We have that in place. We practiced it. I would say, okay, it's not an ideal answer, but you know what? They're doing something. Uh, instead of just saying, hopefully, it's, 
hopefully it's an anomaly. May she only gets 16 games. If you blow a couple of those by coaching, that's, that's really, really tough to overcome. Yeah, this isn't baseball where you can say, okay, it's frustrating, and, but it's one of 162 or even say one of uh, one or two of 60 games. I know that uh, with the Braves came up with uh, Brian Snicker having some interesting bullpen resource management uh, earlier, the, earlier this uh, season, but at the same time trying to navigate a, a situation where at, at various points he's been down to one starting picture effectively is still is a challenge. But I, but I digress. I mean, it's still it's, – it's different when it's, something, when it's something like that, when you have a broader sample size and you can make up for it than in, in, a, game like the, in a game like this where it's, it's one out of 16. And in particular, it's one out of 16 in, in a schedule and in a scenario where you're going to have to steal some wins in games that you are not expected to win. Yeah, if you're going to be a playoff team, I mean, it, you look at this and say, man, with Pittsburgh at Heinz Field in Week Two, Tampa Bay in Week Three, two games with the Chiefs, it's hard to look at this as anything but an opportunity lost. And unfortunately, part of that opportunity was in your hands. That and that—that's the thing that gets me. There is so much in football that. Happen, that, that happens beyond your control. Injuries happen. You know, a, a, bounce of the, a, a bounce of the ball. There's so much that is left to chance that you should make every attempt to control, to control the few things that you can control. And uh, I, I, I can't get the look on the faces of Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel out of my mind either. <laughs> They're thinking, what's going on? And admittedly, with Mike Vrabel, this is somebody from the Belichick tree who, like I mentioned earlier this week, literally out Belichick Belichick in the wild card round. Yeah, yeah. So Vrabel is clearly a coach who looks at every situation like this and will try to make the decision that maximizes his team's opportunity to win, to take everything that is with, within your control and wring every drop that can benefit you out of it. So you can understand why he might look a bit befuddled watching what was going on on the Broncos' <laughs> sideline because that's something that he and then his – mentor bill belichick it's something they pay extreme attention to yeah you're 100 percent right all right mace let's let's get to a couple <laughs> quick notes really quick and you want the good or the bad news first um if i have a coin here <laughs> we're gonna flip a coin mace yeah. is going to his little coin, coin jar right now the coin of the realm today is a simple nickel all right you want <laughs> all right heads good news tails bad news all right, tails. Let's get the bad news out of the way. All right. Hang on. Oh wow! Onto the floor it goes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Not just on the floor. I think it went under his chair. I think we may have lost Andrew May. Oh my gosh! Now he's down on all fours. Oh boy. Oh no! He lost his headphones. That's too. some great play-by-play. Play. Wow. Heads. 
hey, okay, yeah. so that's good news first, right? Start with good news. All right, well, I like starting with good news. Maybe we won't even talk about the bad news. But Mace, the good news is Bradley Chubb, KJ Hamler, and Albert Okawebunam were all listed as full on the Broncos practice report yesterday. That means very good things. And boy, it really, really, really seems like KJ Hamler should pay, play for the Broncos this week. Yeah, X factor. And you're going to need something like that. If um, you can't be without Philip Lindsay, even though, yeah, they're not the same position, but Philip Lindsay brings the explosive potential on every play. So I don't think you're going to work KJ Hamler in to an extreme level, but 10 to 15 snaps, get him out there, make sure he's up to speed, give him a chance, maybe get the ball to him a couple of times in space and see what he can do. Change the dynamic a little bit. Actually, what was interesting, Zach, is they they worked Deontay Spencer in briefly on Monday night. Didn't target him, but did work him into the lineup. So when he was out there, I found myself wondering, hmm, if KJ Hamler is healthy, is that a snap that goes to KJ Hamler? Yeah, yeah. I got to think it is, yeah, right? Me too. And I would say so. Mace, I totally agree. They need a game breaker. Yep. And they didn't have any big plays on Monday night. And they're going to need that. And maybe that's the difference. Maybe the offense doesn't have to be that much better than they were Monday night if they have one big play. Then you're scoring 21 points. And then it's still tough for a defense to hold, to hold an opposing team to 20 points or under. But you have a chance. You don't really have a chance to win when you're scoring 14 points. So the offense needs one play. And K.J. Hamler is probably that guy that can deliver you that one play. So I agree, Mace, we're not going to be seeing KJ Hamler out there 60 snaps this week, but 15, 10 mm -hmm. effective ones, have him touch the ball five times, man, sign me up. Oh, I don't know if he's going to touch the ball five times. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, Noah Fant touched the ball five times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Real thinking yeah. uh, two, two creative runs and three passes. Yeah. Maybe that's even too much to ask. That's what I would do though. Uh, yeah. Especially on the road. I think the Steelers are going to be able to score more than 16 points, uh, and I don't think their field goal kicker is going to miss many, 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 many field goals. I will say I like your idea of creative runs because you're going to be without Philip Lindsay, so you have to make that up somewhere. And it's not simply going to be uh, Royce Freeman getting some touches or Melvin Gordon getting more touches, maybe a spread around. So that is that is a a pretty good notion there. I think is if you can design some end arounds. Just some end arounds, maybe a reverse, just something something to, to to change it up a little bit. Take advantage of that speed. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Mace. And now the bad news. The bad news is you mentioned him already. Philip Lindsay. Yeah. It's not looking good for him playing this week. And in fact, it's not looking good for him potentially playing for the next couple of weeks. And AJ Boye became official. He is on IR, so he is out at least three weeks. They can get him back for the Patriots game. Uh, in week, what is that? Week four, week five. Is week five, is. week five. Um, so those are those are two very important guys. You hope Lindsey's back before there, but the turf toe um, it is just is tough. Yeah, and it's entirely possible, Zach, that both of these guys may miss the same amount of time. Uh, with turf toe, it can kind of it can kind of depend on the degree of the injury when he's back. One thing that does make me think that uh, if it's in any way serious that we would not see him for even the Jets game. And 
you might be waiting for him for the Patriots game on him as well is because you do have that short week after the Bucks game going into the Jets game. So instead of having nearly three full weeks to recover uh, before that game, I mean, he suffered the injury Monday night and that Jets game is going to be on a Thursday. So realistically, you've got three games over a two-week, three-day period, and it might be too much to ask Philip Lindsay to be ready for a Thursday night game. He might have been ready by su- by Sunday then. So, yeah, get ready, get used to life without Philip Lindsay. Um, you uh, you may see you may see a move coming up here. Uh, another one of the uh, the practice squad to the game day active roster moves because I believe that Levante Bellamy is one of the protected players this week. Yep. So he is. that's it. Levante Bellamy. Levante Bellamy. Pardon me going to the active roster on game day using that that seems to be a pretty obvious play there as the Broncos go into week two I completely agree Mace I think you predicting the future very well and you mentioned the New York Jets there and that made me remember that I want to finish this segment on a good topic and no it's not just saying that the Broncos thank goodness they're not the New York Jets I want to give you my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week before we get out of here on this first segment and mace i saw a juicy one this week in fact i was searching DraftKings sportsbook yesterday and there are so many juicy lines on there just in the nfl this week and the one that really stuck out to me 49ers traveling across country to play the new york jets 49ers are seven point favorites mace do you know which way i'm going with this one I think you're going with the angry 49ers coming off of <laughs> an unexpected loss to Kyler and company. Is that what you would do if I, if I told you you had to choose this line? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yep, and that's what I'm doing, 100%. I love this. Uh, seven points is a lot, but like you said, Mace, the angry 49ers, they aren't just going to beat the Jets. They are going to smash them. I don't think they'll be with Le'Veon Bell. So that just helps the 49ers even more, even though Le'Veon Bell just seems like he is a total non-factor out there in New York. And that defensive line is going to crush Sam Darnold. So give me the 49ers with the seven. You know what? It's funny that I mentioned that the Niners are angry because my pick also revolves, revolves around a little bit of anger. <laughs> oh, I like that. Aaron Rodgers diced up the Vikings last Sunday. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is playing angry. Yep. And that is bad news for everybody else in the NFC North and maybe even the NFC as a whole. Yeah. Packers are six point favorites coming home to Lambeau field to take on the Detroit lions who are coming off of an, a ghastly blown lead at home against the Chicago bears. Detroit couldn't close the deal. They may be upset, but angry Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to result in a comfortable Packers win. They're six-point favorites. Give me the Packers, even though I'm giving the Lions six points. I think Green Bay wins this game by two or three touchdowns. Uh, Mace, that was another juicy one. You knew I couldn't choose Aaron Rodgers just because, but I I would say (laughs) that that is a very good bet. I mean, at home, only giving up six to the Lions. Yeah, that's that's a good one, Mace. You nailed it. We're all staying on brand here. And even though you're not going to have the crowd at Lambeau yelling, dun, dun, da, 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 go, pack, go, over and over again. <laughs> it, it, I think Green Bay is still going to get the job done on what 
if, if it's like a typical uh, early season September in Lambeau, it should be a beautiful day. The, what the Broncos got last year in the rain was kind of an anomaly. Usually, usually the, uh, the weather at Lambeau in September is nothing short of gorgeous. <laughs> yes, it is. And Mace, speaking of nothing short of gorgeous, I want to talk to our fine people in the comment section. But first, got to tell you about Chevalier Mortgage. Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com to find out about the awesome Chevalier Mortgage. And what, what makes them awesome? They've Not only do they have a great practice going on, but they are die-hard Broncos fans. Mike and Virginia have been supporting DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike of Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, where you can also enter to win some DNVR swag. We got great t-shirts, and they want to hook you up with some of our t-shirts. So make sure to check out Chevalier Mortgage and give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. They're a part of the DNVR family, so they'll treat you like family. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931-006 and Virginia Chevalier, MLNS 1910631. So check them out, Chevalier Mortgage. Yeah, and you know who else is part of our family? Of course, our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of of DNVR and you know what Breckenridge Brew's got something really awesome right now Broncos country beer so if you're a Broncos fan you're in Colorado you want a beer with some bite in those hops Broncos country beer will take care of you look for that old school D on the on the 15 can pack and you'll be able to get some of that delicious broncos country beer and you know what you can get you can get it delivered to you by one of the amigos mark jackson here's how you enter go to breckbrew.com slash broncos country fill out the form and submit and you can win you can potentially win a chance to have your 15 packs of broncos country beer delivered to you free by mark jackson no purchase necessary must be 21 or older to enter so go to breckbrew.com slash broncos country enter the the competition to have mark jackson one of the amigos bring you two free 15 packs of broncos country beer and if you win he's going to show up right there at your door one of the great number 80s in broncos history of course there's been quite a few of them it's a decorated number and mark jackson wore that number well and he's a good dude, too. I've met him a few times, talked to him. He, he's a good guy to have on your doorstep. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the NVR. Mace, let's talk to the people jumping into the comment section. And if you want to have your comments read on this podcast, here's what you do. You go to thednvr.com. At the top of the page, there's a podcast tab. Click on that. Click on the Broncos podcast. Then it'll pull up all of our thousands of pods that we've had. Click on the very first one at the top. That's our most recent one. Then scroll to the bottom of that page and a comment section will magically appear. Sometimes you got to give it a second for it to appear, but it will show up and then you drop your comments there. And that guarantees that your comments will be read on the next podcast. But you do have to be 
part of our family to do that. And we are offering a deal right now. We've got a Let's Ride campaign going on. And if you sign up for an annual membership right now and use the code BRONCOS2020, you get a free shirt of your choice, DNVR mask and sticker pack. Of course, you also get all of our coverage, not just the Broncos, but of everything going on at ddnvr.com. And now is quite a time, not only for Broncos, but for every sport. So make sure when you subscribe to us, use that code BRONCOS2020, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice, DNVR mask, sticker pack, and all of our coverage. And let's talk to the people, Mace. First one coming in from Mr. Bezos. Have any of you read or listened to Drunkard's Walk? It was a pop nonfiction book about a decade ago that explores variance and randomness in our lives. It's a great read or listen that's extremely ap applicable to everything, including sports, and can't recommend it highly enough to all of you and the DNV Army. Mace, have you read it? I have not read it. I I'm interested in it. I'm interested in uh, what its take is, are, or take what its take is, pardon me, on just, on just how we, uh, Except, uh, except randomness, because I mean, one of the things, just having not read that, but one of the things that I kind of exist with and, and, and shapes how I see the world is that there are certain things you just have to accept as random outcomes. Again, kind of go back to the earlier point. There's so much beyond your control that there, the few things that are within your control you have to hold on to. Because so much is going to is going to cause your best laid plans to go astray, and and with randomness in particular, sometimes I mean, just let's you know just say this: you have a you have a playoff situation. You have the Broncos playing the Ravens in the divisional round, January twenty thirteen. Wouldn't you say that at least eight times out of ten, the Broncos win that matchup? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eight, maybe even nine times. Well, the Ravens won. And you can't, you can't, you can get frustrated over the result, but in my opinion, the Broncos were wise to not kind of blow everything asunder after a, res a result like that. Sometimes you have to accept that you can do everything right in preparation. You can do everything right in building, but you're going to be, you're going to be affected by a random outcome that goes, ag that goes against what, it usually would be if you played it out 10 times. So it's, it's one of the things that allows me to sleep at night, quite frankly. But the thing is dealing with randomness and dealing with things beyond your control uh, and accepting that sometimes things happen just because it's hard for, it's hard for humans to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely is. So man, everyone give the drunkards walk yeah. a look. I will. Thanks, Mr. Bezos. I, I will. I, I'm curious to see if it changes my perspective on these things next up from count locula this will likely come off as a joke but alas it is true the little plant behind zach on the live stream brings me a few extra percentage points of happiness every day maybe it's because i fancy thinking of the z-man breathing cleaner air maybe i just like plants more than i even realize on a related but separate note i think mason rk should consider getting a small tabletop saguaro or cactus of some kind to be able to take care of and share with the fam on the YouTube. Love the count. Oh man, that is too cool. That absolutely makes my day the count. And I'm happy my little plant helps you. And you know, the, that plant needs all the help it can get because 
my cats love it a little too much. They uh, they gnaw on it, and it's uh, mm. it's trying to stay alive. So I'll make sure it stays alive for uh, for all of us. So thanks so much, Count. That that's a fun comment there. Well, maybe they're just looking for food. <laughs> the cats. <laughs> These uh, the, I I raise my cats well. They uh, they're big, big boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad it's just because you're feeding them well and not the, – the worrisome thing would be if they were fat because they were eating off of uh, – eating mice and stuff. Because I remember at the old St. Louis Arena, uh, the, I remember seeing a cat in there, and it was huge. It was like Garfield. <laughs> and I asked somebody working at the building why that was, and they said, oh, the, the cats are here to keep the mice down. Oh my gosh, that like, is oh, crazy. Okay. Wow, and, and apparently if those cats were big, there was a lot of mice there. <laughs> yes, they were. it was Thanksgiving every day at that old place, oh. which is part of why when I was there, it was about a year from meeting, it was about a year from being closed and then hitting the wrecking ball a few years later. So. <laughs> yeah, not a surprise there. Meechow says, hey, fellas, I wasn't surprised to see Vic say they wouldn't be changing anything about clock management moving forward. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who would make that move. However, if hashtag timeout gate happens again, dot, dot, dot. Kudos to Zach, who kept his word and asked Uncle Vic that tough question. Uh, yeah, kind of what Mace and I talked about. Mace, if if the Broncos make the playoffs and this only happens in week one, then, uh, you know, it will be forgot about a little bit. But if this happens again in week 17, next week, anytime, oh boy, you're never going to forget. Oh, you know what though? If you miss the playoffs by one game, people aren't yeah. going to forget either, yeah, even if there really isn't another true. mistake made. Yeah, that's uh, true. Imagine if this team, I mean, imagine if this team is eight and eight and misses by one game. We're all pointing to that game. Oh, I'm all saying that's the one. Yep. Yep. It would be. And Mace, would you rather have uh, Steven Goskowski kick a field goal to put you up two um, if you're the Broncos, or would you rather have Drew Locke have the ball with a minute left? Oh, my gosh. I'd rather have it in my control. Yeah. Yeah, or, or at least again, some semblance of control. At least you're dictating things. You're dictating, you're dictating the pace. I would a hundred percent in that in that scenario, you you are calling timeout, and I, I just it kind of it, it baffled me. I mean, and, and the funny thing is, Zach, even though the fourth down call itself failed, I thought I, I was. I was heartened. I felt warm because earlier in the game, there was really no doubt that they were going to go for it on fourth and goal from the one. Like, great. You know what? You should be going for it on fourth, fourth and one from your own 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now if, now, if the Broncos go for it on fourth and one from their own 40 and they're not in comeback mode at the end of the game, man, I mean, I'm going to feel the warmth in the cockles of my heart <laughs> quote dennis leary maybe in the subcockle area maybe, the liver, maybe the kidneys maybe even the colon uh, wow <laughs> so vic you need to uh you need to warm the subcockles of mace's body yes and go for it on fourth and one from your own 40 from midfield Just, and i signed I, I, me love up. that if, if i would love that if on the first possession of the game in pittsburgh the broncos have fourth and one at midfield and 
there's no doubt we're going for it. Here's our play. We're just going to run it. Even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be happy. But the problem is if it doesn't work out, you're going to cue all the people saying, oh, oh, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go for it. Now, over time, if you're consistent with it, over time it's going, to, it's going to work out in your favor. Again, you have to – this is part of randomness, except accepting that sometimes the outcome, if it's, if it's 75-25 – that it's, sometimes the outcome is going to be in that 25% that's negative as opposed to 75% positive. You have to accept that when it happens to bask in the 75% of the time when it does work out. <laughs> yep, you're 100% right, Mace. You're, you're, you're spot on. It's not going to work out every time, but Mace, if you never go right. for it on fourth down, you can never yeah. convert. Right. Exactly. Wayne Gretzky always said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> LDJ. Hey, guys, I've been beyond challenged trying to comment. I don't know if there's an update on the app, but if you try to access all podcasts, it won't allow you on, to on the app. You have to click your specific podcast from the drop-down menu. I don't know. It's a weird glitch with the update. Anywho, okay, we'll, we'll get our tech team on that. We'll, we'll figure that out for you, LDJ. I, for one, since the Super Bowl, am relieved as a Broncos fan. It sucks, but Vaughn's injury has freed me of expectation. How many times we have, as fans, have had to paint what-if scenarios where there wasn't any tangible hope? What if Keenum plays like he did in Minnesota? What if Flacco goes back to 2014 form? What if Trevor can score over 20 with his offense, with his, de- with his defense, will win? But nope, not anymore. I want Broncos country and Denver media, even though they're young, I want the offense to understand it's a new day in Denver. We invest the future of this team on that side of the ball, and they must produce. Let's be realistic. If this year is not our year, we're a wild card team at best. Is next year going to be it with these aging vets? Cream will be 33 next year. Vaughn, 32. Casey, 31. The moment I saw Ojemudia break up a pass from the demeanor Fangio had when Sternod got hurt and cutting Todd Davis, it's like Broncos country, wake up! We have 15 games left to not put pressure on the defense and see what we have in this young nucleus Elway has built. And I don't know about you guys, but I believe, and I'm excited. It's going to be rough, but I predict by that first Raiders game, the offense will be clicking and the NFL will be on notice. So in closing, Broncos country, the future is bright, supremely bright. Pardon me. Relax, temper expectations, and enjoy this ride. It's going to be awesome. This is how a kid becomes a Bronco fan, watching the inception of the journey. I'm super excited, and I'm going to say this. Broncos country. If you drafted Judy in fantasy, start him. I have a feeling deep in my gut, Judy is about to go insane against the Steelers. His demeanor at the press conference, he knows he could have caught those balls, but he was thinking about his next move before catching the ball. I'm calling my shot now. Judy will ball on Sunday. Missed you guys. Thanks for all you do. Mm, missed you as well, LDJ. Some great points, and yeah, I, uh, I think Jerry Judy is definitely going to have a bounce-back game, and LDJ said uh, that he thinks the offense will be clicking by the Raiders game, which I think is very realistic there, LDJ. So I, I think you're spot on with your tempered expectations, with your realistic expectations. That would be week 10 is when the offense would start clicking. Right, and that's why I mean, you and I both said this team's probably going to start slow and pick it up as the season goes on. So how many games can you win, can you put in the bank until the offense gets into gear. I mean, that's why I keep coming back to saying, all right, can you be three and three after six games? Right. Can you be four and four after eight? If you do that, 
I think you're primed for a big run. Now, that being said, you are going up against a Steelers defense that, Zach, it has allowed 17 or fewer points in six of the last seven games dating back to last year. Wait, say that again? The Steelers, defensively, have allowed 17 or fewer points in six of their last seven games. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, this defense is really good. As Vic said yesterday, they're playing fundamentally sound and they're highly talented. That's, and that's it, a good combo. And actually, if we go strictly on defense, as I just did a quick look, the one exception to that, they gave up 28 points to the Ravens in week 17 last year, right? Yep. But Baltimore got, they got nine points off of a fumble recovery and a safety. So you can say they've allowed fewer than 20 points in their, in their, in each of their last seven games. Wow. Oh, wow. Their defense has. So good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. If you, now, if the offense goes off against these guys, that's I'm sitting here talking about and say about how Denver's offense went up against one of the best defenses in football and found its groove. And if they can do it against Pittsburgh, they can do it against anybody. I completely, completely agree. So that's me getting LDJ optimistic right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Sweet chimes in says, hey, guys. RK, got to tell you, I agree in saying Michael Ojemudia looked good in that 23 jersey, and he was making plays and looks like he's got promise. If all goes well and he continues playing Boncos, what do you think his ceiling can be, and who would be a good player to compare him to? Mm, tough. Ugh. I want to see another couple of games before I make a comp. That's all right. That's fair. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, what we saw from game one, I'll tell you, his ceiling's very high. Very I mean, high. So Yeah, he plays like that. if he plays like that, his ceiling is among the best zone corners in the game. I mean, I guess the extreme ceiling in terms of zone corners would be Richard Sherman. But yeah. I don't want to go that high. <laughs> right, right. So, Sweet, ask us in a few weeks, and, and we'll give you that comp. Next one from Denveria. Hey, guys, maybe I missed it, but have you guys discussed Brandon McManus's contract? What do you think of it? Thanks. Yeah, the fresh contract signed last Friday night. May, so it was four-year extension, so he's here this year and then four more years after, uh, and the extension is for $17.2 million. What do you think of it? And I believe it's $9.5 million guaranteed. So yep. you're paying $9.5 million so you can sleep well at night. <laughs> that's yep. what that is yeah. and i yeah it's is it the best expenditure of resources not necessarily if you trust your ability to find kickers but as we can as we've seen even if you think you found a kicker sometimes that guy isn't isn't the guy i mean tampa bay and tennessee are examples of places where they just shuffle through kickers like you go through socks basically <laughs> so there's something to be said for a kicker who is in the middle tier to above average, who is reliable, who you trust. Is he Justin Tucker? No. But is he the cycle of crap that's gone through Tampa Bay? <laughs> no. And coaches don't like worrying about kicking and punting. It's, the kicker, the punter, the long snapper. They are like the light switch. 
as in you expect to flick it when you walk in the room and be illuminated. You don't think about it. Right. Unless it's not working. Yep. And then, well, you don't have the knowledge to, to fix a short. You have to, call, you have to call the electrician. So you're waiting, you're getting annoyed, you're getting frustrated and all that. You just don't want to think about it. All you want is for the light to turn on. Yep, exactly. Macy, you, you, you nailed it. And I think anyone, I, wow. that, was, <laughs> anyone that was skeptical about the, the extension, I think they were pretty uh, okay with it after Monday night and seeing yeah. Steven Goskowski. Um, yeah. Because was I thrilled w- with it? I w- wasn't thrilled with it, but like you said, he, he's an average to, to above average kicker. And you didn't reset the market for him. You're giving him mm-hmm. $4 million, which when once that kicks in next year, that 4.2, I think, makes him the fourth highest paid kicker. So that's that's okay. The money was right. He's automatic from within 50. He does need to get better from over 50. And he's the first one to admit that. But uh, you're, you're 100% right, Mace. You can't put yourself in kicker purgatory or else it's going to be a world of hurt. Oh, look, I view this as a Bucks fan, but – I get it. I, and I, I know what the kind of what some of the people in the analytics crowd are going to say about this, but you don't want to be thinking about that. You just want your kicker to go out there and over the course of time hit 80% of his attempts, maybe miss an extra point a season. Yeah. You, you don't want that feeling of having to decide on fourth and five from the 30 yard line. Uh, I guess maybe we go for it because our kicker is so bad, or maybe we, you don't want that fourth and, five, fourth and five from the 30 and you're up by, up by six points. You want to say, all right, BMAC 48 yards, go do it for us. And, yep. and know that more often than not, he's going to. Yep. yep. Now beyond 50, he acknowledged this by the way, on the conference call on Saturday, beyond 50, he's got to get better at, but there are a lot of kickers over the years who have had their best work come in their 30s. Mm, there we go. So, it, k- kicking is something that you that you can improve at really all the way up until you even your late 30s, depending on on how you on how you go. I mean, Jason Elam was he was always good, but Jason Elam was cash money when he got into year 10, year 11, year 12. I mean, in year 15, Jason Elam hit four walk-off game winners wow that's incredible so you find the right guy who's good at that skill and you don't have to worry of course i feel the same way about long snappers which is why no offense to jacob bobin moyer i would have re-signed casey Kreider. (laughs) all right right but bobin but bobin moyer by the way nice job getting downfield on monday night as well yeah yeah he he did he did and thanks to you we know about him that dude moves man i like i like yeah but casey Kreider could get downfield too (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yesterday, Drew Locke told us that uh, in order to improve his deep ball accuracy, he's just got to get back out on the driving range. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if Drew Locke is going on WGT to test out the driving range. Uh, and he is probably. So we want you guys to join us and play with us, play with him on the best golfing app 
that's out there. I promise you, WGT Golf is played by more than 20 million people around the world, and it's the most popular golf game in the world. And we want you to play with you because we have 750 people in our community playing it, and we want you to join with us. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download the app. It's free to go there. We just ask that you go there because it lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Download the free app, then go to the Clubhouse section of the app, and search for DNVR3. That's DNVR and the number three next to it to join our third clubhouse. And that'll get you access into our community on WGT. And it'll get you access to all of the weekly tournaments that we have. We have one coming up this weekend. So make sure to go to dnvrgolf.com, download the free WGT app, and get in on my favorite golfing game. And heck, maybe Drew Locke's in there too. So check them out, dnvrgolf.com, download WGT. You know, one, of the, one of the reasons why I like WGT is that I don't hook or slice as often on WGT as I do in real golf. Ain't that the truth? I have a better idea where the ball is going. That's why I enjoy it so much. <laughs> it makes me smile. And if you want a good smile, go check out our friends at Green Mountain Dental in, in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area and extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you will free, receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I've told you about that Sonicare toothbrush before. I've got one. And you know what? The thing I love about it, in addition to cleaning your teeth well, it promotes good brushing habits. You should brush your teeth for two minutes. Well, if you follow the beeps on your Sonicare toothbrush, you'll know 30 seconds, one quadrant, 30 seconds, this quadrant, on down, and you'll get two minutes. You'll make sure you're taking care of your teeth in the way that your dentist tells you to. All you got to do is make sure you floss after that, get a little Listerine from there, and you're good. Your teeth are going to be sparkling. If you go there, tag us, let them know, and show how our DNVR community can support our biggest supporters in Green Mountain Dental. They'll treat you like family. They'll even send you a birthday card. How about that? They'll let you know that they care. They show us love. Show them some love. Green Mountain Dental Group, they're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and they always want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. Love it. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. Hey, just want to make sure that the press asked Jerry Judy about the two drops. You know, the two drops he had. Yes, sorry, just confirming, two drops. There were two. I would like to know in intimate detail how Jerry felt about the first and the second drop. For those who haven't watched the game, Jerry dropped the ball twice. Beat me. <laughs> Thank you, Zach, for the foresight to not be a complete beep to the guy. Question, can we get a running five-minute second? Five-minute second each week on how Drew is comparing over X games to the other young NFL quarterbacks. The fact that he is seven games in is far more material than the fact that he is in year two, given the shape of the offseason and not training mostly uh, most of last year. I'm assuming Mace has retained every relevant statistic on this topic and should therefore be able to do it without much thought. Side note, side note if Perna comes on this pod, can I unfilter myself? That'd be beeping great fun. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I know where to look, where to compile it. He didn't do anything to hurt himself in that six-game comp in terms of uh, overall ratings. What I want to do, though, is take everything and put it into the Univac and adjusted for eras because what drew lock accomplishes now is in terms of numbers is different than what say steve barkowski accomplished with the falcons back in the mid 70s if you get my drift right right yeah that's very very fair mace man 
there's no better person to ask than Mace for that. Yeah, but it's something that, uh, yeah. If I get if I get some time late tonight, I'll I'll work on that and uh, may, and maybe we can talk about it tomorrow tomorrow on the podcast or uh, leading up to the game at, at some point. And by the way, now Brandon's going to have a separate podcast here, right? Yes, exactly. All right. I think in that case, you can take the beeps off and just <laughs> yeah. let the profanities flow. <laughs> Oh, yes. In his intro video, he let him flow a bit as well. <laughs> oh, yes. All righty. Dan Burke, hey, guys. Y'all were trying to think of a team that had been hit by injuries worse than the, the Broncos, including a first ballot Hall of Famer, but nobody mentioned the 49ers who have it worse than the Broncos, with Sherman going on IR being that first ballot Hall of Famer. Their cornerback situation is a mess with Verrett getting injured again and Witherspoon in the concussion protocol. Kittle's banged up. Debo's still out. Ayuk's banged up. Luckily for them, they're facing the Jets this week. So it's not like they're going to need good corner play, but still, it could be definitely be worse. Also, the Steelers are pretty banged up too. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster didn't practice yesterday, and they're banged up on the interior and the right side of the O-line. So the Broncos issues at corner, and their shaky pass rush might be mitigated by some injuries on the other side of the ball. The, the O-line injuries, I think, are, are of real concern. And in fact, I asked, I wanted to get Mike Tomlin to talk about Kevin Dotson, who is a rookie out of Louisiana Lafayette and is probably going to start on Sunday, but uh, didn't have all that much to say, unfortunately. Mike (laughs) Tomlin wanted that conference call over. Yes, he did. (laughs) Last week, Mike Vrabel was eating a sandwich while talking with us. It sounded like at least. And yesterday, Mike Tomlin didn't want to talk to us. Not a surprise. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um, coaches really the, the conference call with with media from the other team. It's something that is like it feels like an annoying chore for a lot of them. Oh, without a doubt. It actually is interesting that now with the Broncos, instead of having a separate conference call for visiting media with Vic Fangio, they have visiting media come on the Wednesday conference call. Yeah, that is interesting. With local media. So I, that's, I don't know, it's interesting. It, it, it is. It definitely is. Bangkok Bronco. Hi, gents. What's your favorite place you've been to outside of the U.S. and why? Thanks. Double B out. I have shamefully not done as much traveling outside of the U.S. as I would like to. And uh, um, I hope that changes post-pandemic. Um, so it's London for me. Again, I haven't been many places outside of the United States. London or well, I don't know, pretty much anywhere in Canada. Every time I've gone to Canada, I've had a good time. <laughs> I've never been to Canada. What? Yeah, oh. never ne- never been to Canada. But I, I've been very fortunate to uh to travel quite a bit. And man, that's a it's a really, really tough question. I'll say uh man, I'll say France. And okay. uh just because they, they they have it all. Uh Barcelona also up there, but uh I just, I love traveling. I think it'd be hard for me to say uh, a place that I've been that I didn't love. So that's, that's a question there. Good question. Yeah. I think uh, last time I was in Canada, I was in uh, Victoria, British Columbia for a few days and I've been to Montreal. I've been to, um, I went through Calgary briefly, crossed the border once to go to Windsor, Ontario. I've driven through Ontario a few times. It's, I I enjoy it every time. You almost need a Canadian passport for how much you've been there. Yeah. Um, my wife and I were talking about how, uh, as everything clears, we wanna, we're want we going to emphasize some trips to Canada over the next couple of years. 
it's just, like that. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I just, I get a better vibe there than I do down here. <laughs> Maybe you need to go south to Mexico and it'll be an even better vibe. Well, we've been to Cabo a few times. That's fun. <laughs> That's always so. a fun vibe. Anyway, the Vaughn Stars, Mace, I got to fess up to something. I work at Fanatics. So when you tweeted that Broncos, that Broncos screenshot, I forwarded it to our product team. It was taken down shortly after. Maybe in an alternate universe, be the proud owner of a Broncos hat. Yeah, oh, it man. came down really fast. <laughs> now, what was interesting was Kohl's on their website kept it up. And that's where I placed the order through Kohl's <laughs> after it had gone down on Fanatics. But then it was gone from there, too. <laughs> you almost had it the other ryan chiming in my boys i just wanted to thank you for balancing reasonableness with rabidness when it comes to covering our broncos there's a certain someone at a certain radio station trying to rile up certain fans on twitter this week and on the air today demanding that vic fangio be fired gah I am more encouraged than discouraged following week one. Yes, the Titans' final drive was rough, and too many mistakes were made at the game and critical junctures. Drew Locke, however, was only in his sixth start as a pro. I also can't remember a Broncos team losing so many important players within a week span to injury. Progress is being made. Even if the Broncos start 0-2 or 0-3, a plan is in place for future success. While Jerry Judy's drops were disappointing, he showed that he is unguardable in many situations. He was going to be a game changer. Young players were contributing all over the place on Monday night for Denver, including afterthought Josie Jewell. My question for today is, how many touches do you think Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, or Royce Freeman gets with Philip Lindsay's sideline for Sunday and possibly longer? I surmise that Melvin Gordon will get the majority of snaps at running back and with Lindsay out as opposed to split work they had planned with those two. Have a terrific Thursday, DNV Army. Salute. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to mention the name of that certain someone, but that was why this morning when I got on Twitter, I said, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> I think we can have a critical evaluation and discussion of the decision to not call a timeout and then the decision to not change anything without saying, oh, the guy should be fired. Come on. Yeah. That's just yeah. lunacy. And by the way, that's not happening. No, no, no. I mean, no. I think we talked about it a few days a few days ago. The only way you're talking about a coaching change this year is if you have an absolute disaster of a year, like four and twelve or worse. Yeah, it, so, it's got to be so bad for Vic not to be back. Yeah, so everyone's just got to let that one go. Um, Mace, in terms of this, uh, how the snaps will pan out between Melvin Gordon and Royce Freeman if Phil can't go which i expect he oh. won't be able to go it's going to be mainly melvin gordon but royce freeman will definitely see the field i'll go like a 70 30 split maybe even 75 25 is what i was going to go with and maybe and there might be a couple of, of snaps for levante bellamy if they bring him up as well but this is not going to be one and one a this is going to be one and two yep yeah it's not going to be like phil and melvin and if Melvin had the injury and Phil was healthy, you'd see a lot of Phil and then Royce as a compliment. I mean, there, there's one, one A and three in yeah. that room. And now the three becomes two, not one A. 
Totally, totally agree. Ryan Clayman, our guy, chiming in. He says, hey, DNVR family. Tough loss for sure, but I saw some great plays from young guys. Not worried about the drop passes from Judy. No wide receiver will catch all the passes. This is what happens with no preseason games, though the time management was off. Had a tough qu- or had a quick question about that. Can players on the field call timeouts, or do they have to run it by the coaches first? If Vaughn was on the field, does he call a timeout? Thank you and stay awesome, my friends. RC Soldier in the DNV Army. Great question, RC. That's a great question. Players can call timeout. Any player on the field can call timeout. The thing is, though, players, they generally, there's some empowerment to call timeouts if, say, things aren't set pre-snap. You know, like a quarterback gets the line everything's a little awkward the clock is the play clock is running down and he and he can call timeout and there but I don't know that the players have the authority to call timeout unless it's a scenario where okay we're down by three we got to get the ball back so we have to call timeout right after each snap that sort of thing so in that that case it's one of those things where it's a bit hazy and this is why you need clarity yeah. I'm not saying, okay, it's going to be a collective thing. No, 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 no. You got you to figure out, you got to put this on, say, like one player, one coach, and it's their call. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Macy, yeah, players can call timeout, but in a situation like that, they wouldn't make the call on game management. Right. They'll do it when there's one second left and the player goes down, you know, gets tackled, he'll pop up and call a timeout. But um, yeah, and if Vaughn was there, he probably still wouldn't have called timeout. But, man, if anyone would have, it, it would have been him. The Danimal chimes in. Well, that was a good warm-up. Now we can start the season and go undefeated. On a serious note, I'd like to give a hat tip, hat tip to Mr. Mason, who made the correct prediction after the Gordon signing that the opening day starting formation would include both our star running backs. Who knew that non-committal prediction was actually Mace's subtle genius schooling all of us? <laughs> LOL. But Mace's psychic abilities aside, I saw a few awesome things Monday night I'd like to point out. The rest forgot who Bowles is. That's a plus. Jewel knocked Derrick Henry back into the preseason a time or two and looks like he may grow into Todd Davis 2.0. Mike Bravel could be heard on the sideline in the first half saying, I hate or I fant believe it. We can't cover this Noah guy. That was, of course, before Shermer chose to unveil his next trick for the second half mediocrity. And lastly, my puppy grew into her Broncos jersey just in time to wear it for the game. So that's a win for everyone. On that note, I'll spare everyone any more headaches and show myself out. 16-0, here we come, Dan. I love that you're sticking to 16 and 0, even though they already have the one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. The refs forgot who a lot of offensive tackles were because there were only 15 holding penalties in week one. I think they were just, <laughs> I think with everything going on, they were just being forgiving this week mm. with no preseason, no OTAs. You think that could change next week? Maybe not immediately, but I think, it gradually changes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Then we'll see if they're calling 72 or not. Yep. True champ fan 24. My peoples. Oh, I thought I was going to leave it to you to say, but (laughs) two quick questions. Number one, does Dotson see practice time this week with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree on deck or did Elijah hold his own enough to justify playing him again? Uh, We, we don't see the team period reps. So, 
We can't say for certain if he's going to see first team work. I imagine. I don't think he's going to see more work than he did when he would cycle in for a series or two toward the end of training camp. Nothing yeah. more than. That. Yeah. So I don't. I, it, there's not going to be a switch this week. And the only way I see a switch is if it's so bad early for Elijah that they feel like they have to make a change. Two, I know with COVID things, it could be tough, but does Prince Mukamara make sense as a filler? Can he be signed to a practice squad spot now and be moved up and down or that, or has that time come and gone? He can be signed to a practice squad spot, but I think the Broncos are committed to the young guys they have. <laughs> yeah, they are. They've had every opportunity plus some to sign Prince and they have not. So it doesn't look good for Prince joining the Broncos, even though it seems like he wants to. Yeah, they literally had three months to do it in the spring (laughs) and didn't. RK, hit me on Insta with your Venmo or whatever you have. We will get squared up. I don't have any sort of virtual pay apps. Let me know what you have, and I'll get it downloaded. Love, y'all. RK's not here today, True Champ fan. Got to leave this comment again tomorrow and just (laughs) keep that burn coming on that bet. Oh, I'm sorry. And final one coming in from Onion Town Links. My boys, I'm back. Yes, out of nowhere, an old boss of mine asked me to come back because he was having a hard time managing this place he owns, and I was on the specialist of of who he knew in town. So now I am working six days a week. I done got up, my dudes. Nice. He re-upped. Nice. I have to ask you guys a question regarding Vic Fangio. Do you think that for as much experience as he has, he knows a thing or two about play calling and game management? Yes or no, Mace? He does. He should. Yeah. He handled it for Jim Harbaugh. He should. Yeah, he should. Also, what, or would you not also say that he believes preseason is important? He definitely, he definitely so. believes preseason yeah. is important. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that he'd have six games, but he, yeah, he, he was unhappy at losing preseason. Oh yes, he was. He goes on and says, well, I think he understands preseason is good for more than just evaluating players. Perhaps these clock management issues are a product of not being properly acclimated to head coaching yet. In the same way, one t- first teamers will use the preseason as a period of adjustment to get used to the hits, the speed of the game, the n- noise of a crowd and going head to head with different faces. Preseason helps fit coaches fine tune play calling game and clock management and generally dueling with the opposing sideline. Could this be the reason for Fangio's week one management meltdown? Sorry for the long comment. Catch you guys on the next one. Links. Mm, I think the only, I, I think this would have happened regardless of week. Because just because you have preseason doesn't mean you practice every scenario, including this one. This is something that it comes up. I mean, it's relatively rare, but it, it, it doesn't come up all that often. So it's not necessarily something that would have arisen in preseason, in, in two preseason games or four preseason games. So I'm not sure that it would have changed things. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, the, the, the process isn't in place to help this. So, yeah, I don't think the preseason would have necessarily helped with that. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Mace, <laughs> Mace, that that'll do it for us today. But before we get out of here, I gotta tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, a longtime DNVR partner, part of our family, and they're dar- diehard Colorado sports fans just like all of us. So make sure to check them out because they're family and they treat you like family. Like May said, send you birthday cards, show you the love. And they really show you the love because if you schedule the cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush, the 
great one that Mace was talking about earlier. You get that Sonicare toothbrush if you just take care of your teeth. So check out Green Mountain Dental, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Thursday edition of the podcast. It's been a lot, a lot of fun. Thank you guys for rolling with us, and we will talk to you tomorrow where we will have our score predictions for this Broncos-Steelers game. I can't wait to hear what Mace has going on in this game. Thank you guys. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Thursday.